This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 618, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Welcome to Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 618. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. This is Josh Flanagan. Hi. And we are iFanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book and call it the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book, some other books from the week, a patron pick. We do some patron powers. We have some fun. That's the, mo- the main thing. Josh, has it been a weirdly light two weeks for you? Today, this week wasn't light. Last week was, but I, I never, I'm always quite happy about that. Mainly just because like, I don't like to have to read 20 comic books in a short period of time and then like be able to process them. So 10, 10 or so seems pretty doable, but I've also had backlog to keep up on. I don't know. It was, it was weird. I, I had uh, 12 last week and I think I had like, like 14 this week and normally I have like over 20. It was just strange. I don't know where all, all these, either all these comics have gone away. Do you, think or, maybe, do you think maybe everybody was like, okay, this bi-weekly thing is bullshit and we're just not doing it. But it's not actually, like one, the company. <laughs> one thing I meant to discuss on the first show back, but again, I was out of my mind, uh, was that I did take the break to to cut a bunch of books. So maybe that's what's oh. happened. Well, maybe uh, then you're feeling that. Yeah. I do, uh, spoiler I do, warning. Sorry, oh, spoiler I, warning. Let's get it out of the way. Yes. Lest people complain, there will be spoilers in the show Arr. for the books that we are talking about. So there you go. Yeah, Josh, pick. Uh, I did have the pick. The pick of the week this week is Southern Bastards number uh, 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 19. Nine. No, 19. 19. <laughs> Sorry. that's <laughs> You could see the moment where I was like, I believe I've made a typo here, or I'm confused. And it turns out the answer was both. Uh, we are back uh, with part five of the gut check story. Um, this has been somewhat irregularly released, if I'm yes. mistaken. So Super regular, yep. Basically, the, where we are here is like this was a pretty classic episode of of where it felt episode issue where we were felt like we were getting things back on track. Um, meaning, the, uh, um, what's his name's daughter who has been stalking around for Earl Earl Tub Ms. Tub. Uh, she's the been stalking tubs? around for I don't know. I mean, literally like in real time the better part of two or three years now. Yeah, and I mean this was a super. I mean, all these issues are good mm-hmm. for the most part, but like, this was the first one where the delays really, really made me feel like I had real trouble following what was happening. Yeah, but it was also the one where, like, I was like, "All right, I know where we are. I know let's let's get moving." Like, this is the thing. She meets, uh, she meets the coach. Coach uh, Ross. You know, e- Esau. Because actually, I was like, there's been Esau character development, I think, to a certain extent, which I liked. And there's the the crazy um, uh, bow hunter from the woods shows up. Uh, you know, they they sort of uh, up the thing on the on the other evil boss who has a nickname, uh, who basically gets killed uh, for being an asshole. And uh, you know, so the, basically, all of the stakes are raised, all of the tension is brought up, and it was just it was what I want out of a Southern Bastards uh, issue. Yeah, I just like I I didn't remember the bow hunter at all. So when the guy showed up at the end and uh, shot uh, the daughter in the in the in the hand, lest she kill Coach Boss, I was like, "Who's this guy?" Just because it's been so long and there's so many comics. I think there was and, a uh, guest artist on the issue that he. No, I, I, I now that you've said it, I have a vague recollection right. of the story. But I, it, I it, think he's like a like a Christian fundamentalist kind of character or something, and he. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember some sort of that issue family. was sort of like uh, I think scalped. I want to say twenty seven, the infamous mm-hmm. one that didn't um, didn't get the pick of the week for for Blackest Night number one, basically. Where it was just it was a sideways thing about you know like a, 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 a sort of character that we didn't know about or didn't matter, but and this is sort of the payoff for that, whenever that was, which was may have been years ago mm-hmm. uh, at this point. 
You know, but we had, I, I really, I love the fact that, and this was planned into it, it's not new, but I love the fact that, um, who was the coach's, like, assistant, the blind guy who died? I forget. I don't know anyone's name, and I'm sorry, this is, I, I can't go back and read all the issues to, to get on that, but but yeah. everybody knows who we're talking about who reads it. You know, he, he died, and now the team is no good anymore. Right. And so he, like was secret, he was the secret genius behind right. it all. So their whole reason, really the whole reason for Coach Boss's power base is gone. And, you know, and so they're all kind of trying to hold it together even though that time has sort of passed. Um, and I like that. Yeah. Um, it's a, this is a darker Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it was all very good. I mean, there's lots of things happen here. You know, the, the sheriff and his high school girlfriend who he's in love with still get together and – and you know you're right the the sort of uh, the weird car dealer with the with the monkey uh, weirdo buddy Garrity yeah. he gets killed and um, <laughs> you know it's it, and then there's the confrontation where Coach Boss and, and Earl's daughter are out on the field with her AK-47 and um, I was like well I guess I guess this could end real quick this whole story I don't know how long it's planned to go for. Um, but uh, then the bow hunter shows up. So it's, I mean, it was very good. You're right. I just, it was this issue, another issue we're going to talk about um, coming up where I was like, I, I just don't know. I just, I'm having trouble. See, I think the difference between, between, that was very Mark Maron of you. Um, <laughs> I think the difference between you and me is that when something comes out for you, that's been a long time, you're very aware that it's been a long time. I'm not. Yeah. And yeah. I blame myself and my lack of cognitive ability. So I'm like, it, it must be me who can't remember because it's just a thing. Anybody who's listening to this show knows that, like, I, I will get things. I, I know what to look for, but I won't remember details over a long period of time because I, I don't have room for it. And so I just take the blame myself. There was um, there was a sequence in the middle where I wasn't sure if it was Latour. I mean, it was it was when the um, sheriff and his girl his ex girlfriend were under the under the bleachers during the mm-hmm. game, and I was like, I mean, it kind of looks like Latour, but it kind of doesn't. Um, I mean, clearly the first part was those. Oh, I see. Those, I see what you're saying. He's got those unmistakable Latour noses, but um, in the beginning, and then I but I was like, wait, is there like a second artist in this? And I had to I literally scroll to the end to see uh-huh. if there was a different artist. Also, I think it's um, just the way that he drew it in order to indicate that it's dark in there. Maybe. I see what you're saying, but I, I like on closer inspection, I, I think that's him. I'm sure it is. It's just it was just it, it was it looked different, you know, the way he normally draws. Um, but uh, the rest of it was great. I mean, I, I did like the, that the the team got fired up by killing. Uh, what the yeah. fuck is this guy's name? Mac. Um, it's in the it's in the 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 thing at the beginning, the the um, recap, and also they say it. McCluskey. There you go. I also, I mean, I, I should, I know, I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't, but the thing is, it's not real, so I can. Mm-hmm. When Coach Boss hit the monkey with the bat, with the oh. wood, that was a that was such a terrific panel, uh, ending with the whap of it hitting the wall. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think that I had noticed the monkey was there until that point, and then I was like, "Oh right, there's a monkey," because like it almost looks like a ghost monkey in the one where it's jumping at him. Yeah, like so I was like, "Wait, what is this? Did this just turn supernatural?" I really had that thought. Well, the um, monkey was on on McCluskey's shoulder previously. Um, so it's sort of yeah, his no, parrot. I, I see it now, like, I, and I remembered it, but I just hadn't registered it. Um, you know what the real problem here with the team's winning streak is? What? He's wearing pants. You're right. He shouldn't fuck with with any kind of superstition. He should be wearing his tiny shorts. I mean, I mean, you know, 
maybe that's a symbol that they're putting in there for us to subliminally sort of pick up on, but he, he, I, I can't, pants are not a good idea. It's interesting point. to consider this book because with Scalped, there was a clearly defined um, adversarial relationship between the two leads and then there was the crime crime family story. Mm-hmm. Here, you're not really sure where this is going. Is it a revenge story? It, because the daughter's hardly in it. Is it about Coach Boss's redemption? Is it just about the town? Like it doesn't, and, I, and that's not a criticism. It's just interesting that I don't really know what the story of Southern Bastards is. It's, I feel uh, like it's the town and the football program. I mean, if anything, it's Coach Boss's story, right? Out, out of anything. And the thing is, it, it can go any direction. I think you could even. You could yes. even lose Coach Boss and still continue the story yeah. of of whatever's happening here. They're um, all they're all bastards, <laughs> you know. That's where it's at. So you know, I, I was happy to have it back. It really still doesn't feel like any other book that I read. No, um, I, and, and most other image books aren't. I mean, this is a pure yeah crime story. It's not supernatural. It's not a horror book. It's, which it's, is this is images milieu right now. Exactly. There's there's zero supernatural. You're I, you know what I hadn't really. I'm going to mention that in the thing we're talking about later, but um, I mean, it's a Vertigo book is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of Vertigo book I would have loved in the early 2000s. That's what this is. And and that's what that's where I fell in love with Jason's work, Jason Aaron's mm-hmm. work, you know, that kind of thing. And that's all I, that's what I want out of comics. So right. that we just figured it out for me, but <laughs> not necessarily everybody else. You want m- monkey whacking. I mean, unless, you know, I, like I said, I thought it was a supernatural monkey, so I'm not really going to pin on that. I want more shorts. <laughs> I know that much. I want uh, more I want more of this new Skype ringtone. I know that. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so, interestingly enough, uh, you and I, there were three issues in a Doomsday Clock, and you and I haven't actually talked about it. The first issue came out, you were, you were not on the show, Ryan and I discussed it, uh-huh. uh, slightly disappointed by it. Uh-huh. Um, issue two came out while we were on break. And issue three is out now. They just announced this week that the book is going uh, bi-monthly, which is not going to help. Um, it's an oversized book. I think it's like 32 pages as opposed to 20. Um, Gary Frank on art and Jeff Johns on writing. Um, so I don't know when the next one's going to come out. But this is issue three of this series, which we've been looking forward to for quite a while. That where we're Have supposed we? to be. Well, I mean, it's it's where DC has supposedly been leading since re, since right. the Rebirth for One issue, where the Watchmen, uh, where we find out that, well, we have found out that Doctor Manhattan was the one responsible for everything after Flashpoint. You know, the, the whole timeline changing, people going away, costumes getting terrible, people getting younger. Huh. Uh, he's responsible for all of that. So we've been heading to this point in which supposedly the confrontation between the DCU and, and Dr. Manhattan is going to happen. Um, however, three issues in of the 12, we're mostly mired in a watch, straight Watchmen sequel. Yeah. Which is weird, which is not what I was expecting. Really? Because that's kind of what I thought it was. But also, I didn't really read anything about it. Well, I, I mean, I was expecting more. Issue two was more, and this is, I mean, and obviously here we have Rorschach and Batman together, but uh-huh. I was expecting more of what issue two was, which is when the characters showed up somehow in in the DCU, um, as opposed to the first issue, which was a straight up sequel to The Watchmen, um, taking place right after Watch. I wasn't expecting that so much, but um, it's important to note, which I didn't know 
myself because it isn't really clear or either that or I missed it that this takes place in the future of the DCU. So it's not happening now. It's not now now. But it's not so, even the DCU. It's they they tra- they traveled to another dimension. That's not what I've read. That this oh. is the future in the DCU. Oh, I don't. Well, that's why I, Batman's in a different costume. I'm gonna go ahead and make my own continuity there in order okay. to work with it. Um, I'm just telling you what I've read. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought the same thing you did. I thought this was a different, uh, like like a different multiverse. But apparently, this is the DCU just in the future, and the DC, rest of the DCU is gonna catch up to it. This is what. That's terrible. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank were saying on Twitter because people were asking about the Batman costume because it's obviously different. Um, That's this terrible. New that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know what's going on Time-wise, because Watchmen would have taken place in 1985, right? That was the deal. So. Well, I mean, that Watchmen was in a, I mean, okay. So the Watchmen was in a different universe, They but they cross over here. You see the... Uh, um, the uh, mime... Oh, well, comedian gets... You know, he dies in Watchmen and then... Dr. Manhattan brings him over to the DCU through, you know, he wakes up in the water. Right. And, uh, uh, mime and whatever her name is, Punch and Judy or whatever they are, uh, crossed over somehow with, with Rorschach. They, cr- I mean, they crossed over into what would have been the future of the DCU. So I guess the time doesn't matter. Yeah, the time doesn't matter. All right. So it is, they, they came into not the current DC universe, but the one that will be. Then. It's now, now. We're in then. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> this is a weird book because it's obviously done at a really high level of craft. Okay, so let's get into it because I have yeah. I have a lot of thoughts and they're not all straightforward. Sure. I mean, you've basically got to the, the like the the thing of it here is that like yes, it's an extremely high level of craft. If you're going to do this, it's clear that Jeff Johns has thought really hard and long about it, which is a thing that he does. You know, and this also like, feels like a Jeff Johns book, like a does. Jeff Johns book. It, it does. It feels, no, to me, you're right. Yes. It, it used to be able to identify a Jeff Johns book at 20 yep. cases. I know exactly and, what you're talking about. And, and, and there's been there. years and years where it hasn't felt that way, where he, he clearly has been stretched too thin. But this felt like a Jeff Johns book from 10, 15 years yes. ago. Yes. And, and, and not not only that, uh, you know, like he, he's – but also feels like it's it's clearly being thoughtful yes. of, of being like Watchmen at the same time. Like – it it feels like they're they're achieving that goal, um, and then you have the same thing over with Gary Frank because you know Gary Frank is he's amazing he's wonderful yes. and he's working his own style but within the style of what Dave Gibbons had set up. I mean, it right. clearly, nine panel grid. Yeah. yeah, but clearly also the, there's a composition, there's a pacing, there is yeah. all of those things are are very you know not as dynamic. Know. It's it's actually really interesting because I would like I wonder because Alan Moore famously wrote extremely specific scripts, which is not something that is, is normally done, meaning he'd describe exactly what would be on the page, right down to the composition of where everything is. That is really not the Duriger thing to do. You kind of want right. to leave the storytelling up to your artist today. So it's not, you know, and his, his scripts are insane. I mean, like pages and pages to do one page, um, yeah. which is sort of a famous thing about that book. And I'm curious how they did it here. Um, right. And I'm guessing that he that Johns would have, thought about it in, in those terms or maybe they collaborated on it but it's definitely planned anyway my instinct was that i don't want to read this right uh from the beginning and i went to read the first issue and i didn't finish it on first go because i was like I, I i don't know I, I don't know what this is i don't know what it is second issue came along and i let it sit there until this week when i had to read it yeah um and i got about halfway through it and i found that as we ramped up towards the end of that issue i found myself suddenly being interested 
Yeah. And Tekken Mishi was really good, I thought. It was, it, but at the same time, I was like, I still don't know that I want this. And and I want to be sure. clear, I don't really have a moral or political argument against this. And I said this before with Before Watchmen. I still believe it now. Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons signed the contracts they signed. It would be stupid of DC as a company to not take advantage of this extremely valuable property they have. They're doing it, you know, fine. Yep. Like, in a perfect world, they'd be like, well, Alan Moore doesn't want us to do it. But it's not like Alan Moore and DC have got along really well. So No, they don't talk anymore. They don't have any reason to to serve him. You know, what do you, I don't, like, and, and I know that artists are all over the, when I say artists and writers are all over the board on sort of what the morality is. I don't really care. However, I do really care that it is a perfect piece of artwork that I don't, I don't know that we need to keep exploring. And right. and this this is weird this this extending it now no matter how well it's done which it is it's it's clearly well done I don't know I don't know if I it's a thing I want I I think well we just, when Ryan and I discuss issue one my feelings are mostly the same as as before it's that I didn't I th- I don't know well, I thought maybe through Doctor Manhattan somehow these characters would appear in DCU and that would be, you know, or they would find out Doctor Manhattan was responsible. So, but I thought it would be much more DCU heavy. I mean, clearly most of this issue takes place in DCU, but however, however, it still feels very much a follow-up to Watchmen, which is not what I was expecting. Yeah. Even using the characters. Um, and that's tough. And then, you know, like very famously on the sh- on our shows in the past, we talked about the fact that I never read the pirate parts of Watchmen. Uh-huh. Uh, we get a lot of pirate parts here in the form of a movie, a uh, PI movie. Oh, I didn't put that together, but I kind of skimmed through those two in the. Yeah, week. I was like, well, okay, it's an allegory. What's happening? I get it. It's pirate parts all over again, and we spent a lot of time with old people watching that movie. Now, I did read the part at the end, with the uh, the old Hollywood rags, uh-huh. you know, Screenland Secrets. I read all that. That was all fun. Did you figure out who New Rorschach was before they? Yeah, I think because we saw his, we saw that he was black in the first issue. Yeah, it, d- it didn't occur to me because I don't know that I was paying that close attention. I was, and then I was kind of proud of myself. I was like, "Oh, it's that kid." And then I thought, and and then I thought, of course it's that kid. That's super obvious. He has worst sex journal, and that's the last thing that happens in the book. Yeah, and and so uh, he's the one reading the pirate story too. Right. So um, it's it's hard. I don't know what to make of this. You know. You know. Uh, but so the combination of all that stuff. It's kind of compelling. Sure. I, I, I'm actually really excited when this comes out because of that reason. Like, yeah, I really – Gary Frank's one of my favorite artists, so I'm always excited to get work from him. Um, I think Jeff Johns is working at the highest level he's worked at in years here. Mm-hmm. I don't have a strong sense of how I feel about this. So in that sense, it's really exciting. I don't know what I'm going to get when I, when I open it up. Yeah, but there, there's, there is also for me a sense of like it, it's, it's kind of shitty that they're working in a cover band. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, like, like I know that. But in a sense, aren't they all cover bands? Yes. Yeah, but because this is such a specific thing, I mean, basically, it's it is an impersonation. Mm-hmm. It's not like they've taken it and done a new take. I mean, that's what that's what before Watchmen was to a certain extent, depending on which one you were reading. At least it was, you know, Darwin didn't try to draw like right Dave Gibbons or something like that. But this is clearly, you know, the beats the pacing the dialogue the the everything is set up to be evocative of watchmen as much as possible well but while still and this is respectable maintaining their own styles well at least the art i I think jeff johns is just doing an impersonation at this point it's yeah it's fascinating um i'm really 
curious to see what this accomplishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it sells, though, right? It's it's successful. I, I don't know. I assume I so. I think but it is. I'm a bit like from a story standpoint. I want to know what. I'm very curious to see what this does. Like, you know, are they going to fix things or change things or revert things or what's the, what is the outcome of this? Um, because they've been building it up for so long, it has to do something at the end. They can't pull the old, oh, well, thing at the end. It has to be something <laughs> to change. Yeah. Um, I loved the sequence where Batman was reading the journal and Rorschach was getting impatient. Uh-huh. I thought that was a terrific art, a silent sequence. Well, the body language was great. When he was leaning back to, to look over his shoulder, um, I thought that was a terrific sequence. Also, I like the fact that the TV reporter is wearing an ascot while he reports from the streets. Well, he should. I mean, I just think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, apparently this is all leading to something that's going to happen later on. Because well, because you're right. I I was convinced with this issue. This is some sort of alternate DCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently not. It's kind of problematic that they had to reveal that on social media. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, like that has to be explained to people, like, because people, like, because no one could go with the flow, you know, and just be like, let's see what this is, you know? And, and like, wouldn't it be better if at the end, you know, you get a Charlton Heston Planet Planet of the Apes moment? Right. That that seems like such a better idea than, than like, nerds freak out, creator explains it to them on social media. Like, put it in the text. Like, this is, you know, Alan Moore never did that. Or just let it, let it breathe. I mean, Johnson's really good at that. With Rebirth, remember we talked yep. to him about it. Everybody was freaking out in the beginning for Flash Rebirth because Barry wasn't Barry and he was at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess... It's, it's, you know. it's amazing to me that people haven't figured that out yet. Because, like, literally, there's nobody reading comics now that hasn't been reading them for 20 years. You know, like, well, that may, that's probably not true. But the people were freaking out anyway. Uh, it, it's, it's compelling. I, I have, to, I have yes. to say, it is compelling. It's not, which is a weird review. It's not like this is amazing. It's I'm 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 still read I still want to read it, but Hey, listen, compelling is better than it's most true. things I read every day. It is. It is and it, it's 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 interesting to see what's going to happen. I you can't you cannot deny that. Um cool. Batman's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. But Rorschach, Rorschach ate his pancakes, so he has reason to be grumpy. <laughs> so Black Science 34 was the, th- the other book I was talking about where I was like, man, I just, I am barely hanging on by my fingertips with this book. I've kind of felt like that for a while. Yeah, I have to, but this was like, this was it. And I also thought in our, in our grand tradition, this might be the last issue, but apparently it's not the last issue. It, no, it seems like it's the end of the arc. Um, yeah, I, but I'll, it feels like that's the culmination of the whole goddamn thing in that, in that, uh, what's his name? Grant McKay. Grant gets, gets to go have a Field of Dreams that's conversation with his father in another dimension. Yeah, is that who yeah. that was? I couldn't. I didn't. I was like, wait, who's Chris McKay? Because I didn't. Because I knew there was an uncle I at some point. It was his father, because it wasn't anybody else's. No right. one else's name, Chris. There was a brother. There was an uncle, and I just wasn't sure. Um, I assumed it was because they were talking primarily about his father, and so. I, I'll tell you, like, if you were ever going to do something hokey like that, this is the book to do it in. Right. Like it totally fits, and it you know it's. That's why I thought that when it said the end and we saw that it was property of Christopher McKay, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so is that the end of the – is that it? I don't think you can end this whole thing with something <laughs> like that. There's not enough to it. You I need, don't know. I'm need... barely holding on. 
Yeah, but I mean, I basically got it. They all ended up in a future, you know, and 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 he doesn't have his uh, intelligence, and he. I I actually understand and remember where we are in terms of the setting. What I don't really remember the stakes of who all the warring factions are. I'm like, oh, that's the witch, and those are all the people from the daughter's kingdom that she married into, yeah. and but I don't really remember who the threat is on the earth, and and I. And I don't remember which version of everybody everybody is. That's the real. That's really where it gets confusing. Is that Kadir? Is this the same Kadir that we've known right, since the beginning, right. or is this the one no. of this Earth? And and the, nope, right. totally. But the way that I have, I suppose, justified it is that a, I blame myself because I can't remember things anymore. But two, this is sort of a breakneck story that like everything is coming at you. Like the art even has that feel. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm just sort of holding on and going with it. And I, and as long as I'm picking up on the themes and I know who Grant McKay is and I know who his kids are, then everything else I, I'm kind of – I can put together with, right. with context, I think, um, which is how I kind of have to read a lot of things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll pay 75% attention. And if, and if I can still get something out of it, then it's good for me. It's – I mean, I mean, the thing is for – if you have a breakneck comic like this, then the – Mateos Galero is the one to draw it. Um, everything is is this dynamic energy oh. and movement to it. Um, he, you know, this is we, we joke forever about him needing to stop it, but he it's got, just like he, it's it's great. He, I, he, he's knocked that shit off. <laughs> it's it's uh, honestly like the thing that is actually bumming me out when I think about it uh, is that when this is over, he should be a superstar. Yeah, and he's probably not going to be. No, he's not in a Marvel book or a DC book. I know. But that's but really like, the thing. They should be like, whatever can we do to get you to do this and, and give him some amazing project to work on? Or, or I, like, I don't even, I don't care. I'm saying that would be good for him from a professional sure. standpoint, and I want yeah. that. I want him to just do whatever. But it's, we've seen this a lot where somebody comes along and blows you away, and they're, they're, on a, they're on a project that is really good, and you clearly know what it is. And then the next thing they do, you're excited about, and it's just like, no, there, you have nothing else to grab onto after that. I'm thinking specifically of um, Raphael Albuquerque. Same kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like he came on, blew us away. American Vampire end, and he sort of kicks around. He's a Batman sometimes. He'll do whatever. He does some. He does a lot thing. of variant covers. Yeah, he does some weird thing for Dark Horse that isn't nearly as well produced or written as as American Vampire. And then they kind of just disappear a little bit, or like Raphael Grandpa or something like that. You're like, man, look at the energy this person's bringing. Like, put them somewhere and and let them shine. And that doesn't seem to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that does not happen with Mateo Scalera, who is. Clearly, he's dedicated. You know, right. he, you know, he he's been on this for a while. He's stuck with it. There's no, there's no fill-in artist for Black Science. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so this uh, this issue marks one of we talked about this last week uh, a, a break, a pre planned break. So they're back in the spring with more issues. I feel like we just had a break. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Let's, I don't even know how many more issues we're getting. I think, I think it's six more. I think one more arc, but. Okay. He doesn't say we'll be back with the final arc at the end. He says, uh, "I don't need to know." You know, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we. It's not like we're gonna know when it happens. We're stupid. We're gonna That's be like, true. "Is this the end?" We won't know. We'll, we'll know because we'll look and go, "Well, it hasn't come out for a year." And then we'll say it on the show, and then someone will write it and go, "It ended." Yeah, that book you, I did four years ago. You, oh. you, you dolts. <laughs> we do it for you, people. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, I really liked it despite the fact that I felt, I felt like I was holding on my fingertips. That kind of worked in the book's favor because yes. the book was still breaking Nick pace. Exactly. I was like, I guess a lot is happening. Okay. And, 
that was that was fine because so it was I, all I'm really gonna, well. Yeah. So I want to like the Inhumans. Yes, you do. I I I, I don't. I'm, you keep going back. Ron was very mad that they became the center of everything, and I and I and I get it. Uh, but I, I keep waiting for like the the Black Bolt Medusa Maximus story that is really going to pull me in. And I recognize there are some of these other characters who are going to be involved. That's fine. Some of them are all right. Some of the Charles Soule created characters are all right. I really like that reader character. I really mm-hmm. like his power set, how they use him. I don't even mind the cop with the eyes at this point. Anyway, uh, so this uh, this Inhumans Judgment Day number one came out, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna try that because it's here. But largely, largely approval rested on the fact that I saw Mike Del Mundo's uh, name on the cover, mm-hmm. um, and I really like his work. Now he didn't draw the whole thing, uh, but the the other guy, uh, Kevin Lebranda, who drew other parts of it, uh, was actually pretty good. I actually like what he was doing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get I, Mike Del Mundo is becoming one of those people. When I see his name on a book, I check that book out, and I will probably read it. I'm very excited about it. So I don't. I missed whatever happened in whatever other other book. This is written by Al Ewing, who, in my experience, is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he seems to be getting a lot of work and doing a lot of things. And I've checked out here it here, and there's never blown me away. But it's not bad. It's it's okay. It's fine. Um, we have like basically a, a. What I liked about this book, though, from a from a moment standpoint, was there was a Medusa and Black Bolt after fighting, in my mind. Or, or being at odds needlessly now for years, uh, they sort of came together and at least accepted where they were at with a sort of detente of the mm-hmm. hostilities. Like, it's not going to be like it was, but I miss that you were here for me and you missed that I was here for you. And and that was nice. It's actually a really nicely written section where they're talking about Gorgon, who uh, is the goat leg guy who is dead. Um, right. and, and she's, and Black Bolt's like, did you love him? And she's like, of course I loved him. He was like my family. We've been friends since we were children all this stuff. And she goes, I loved him. Didn't you? And he goes, yeah, I loved him very much. And she realized like what they were talking about was sort of a different kind of thing where he'd had sort of a jealousy and, and she's referring to the Royal Inhumans family as a family. And she gets her hair back and cause she was short gray hair cause she'd lost her power in this for some reason, which was probably stupid too. Um, but I liked it. It sort of well, no, like it reset the table and took away all these conflicts for these characters that didn't need to be there to make them interesting. This is right. this is West Wing season five. West Wing season five is Aaron Sorkin leaves and and the, they don't know what to do to make it interesting. So they start making the characters have conflicts with each other, um, and that is not the strength of this. The strength of the royal and human family is that they are a family and they work together and they fight things from the outside, and I, that is always better for me. Well, it's also interesting that you know where. Characters are constantly being reset. This, mm-hmm. These characters hadn't been reset mm-hmm. in a while. It's been a while. Yeah, since. well, they were getting further afield because people kept trying to figure out what to do with them and how to make it interesting. And so they'd go further and further. And there are, there are bright spots in there. There are things that are good. Um, but uh, I, I liked this. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, we'll see if I remember to buy it next time. <laughs> if, if that's how it works. But, but Mike Del Mundo is never bad. And again, this Kevin LeBronda guy I thought was pretty good too. These are, these are, you know, there's really interesting art happening on these books. Mm-hmm. So, so that's always good. The Flash number 39, also the Flash number 700. Yes. And you have to, I guess, give DC credit for not pulling the Marvel thing and putting the 700 on the cover. They used to put it on a variant cover. But it's weird because yeah. they did do it on Detective and. Uh, it was the same thing, action. I think. Didn't they? Well, yeah, you're right. They only, they only renumbered those comics, which was strange. For now. Um, but, uh, so this is a return of, uh, Carmon D. Giaminico, the best artist in the book with Josh Williamson. Yes. 
And this is the first issue of issue first issue of a new arc. I was correct. I actually corrected myself, and I was not wrong. Nice work. Uh, first issue of a new arc, and uh, it's a good jumping on point. It it reestablishes a lot of things. This is the issue in which uh, Barry, after having told Iris that he was the Flash, now introduces her to his life as the Flash, and so we get kind of an overview of everything. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a good. Uh, Jumping on point if you're interested in the Flash, the Flash from the from the new Superman book when the Chinese Justice League shows up to hang out with Kid Flash, and uh, then we end up with a big reveal of Grodd at the end. I thought it was just a fun like reset, and I just loved looking at the pages. There was a lot; it was really colorful. There's a lot of lightning yeah. in this issue. Um, uh, Ivan Placencia, he got his money's worth this this month. Hmm. Um, I it just it just it, this book has that. I don't want to say Matteo Scalero energy when, when yeah. uh, San Domenico draws it, but it kind of does. It has that feel of movement. Well, the last couple have been from um, uh, the guy who drew it with Gooch? Huh? The Gooch? No, no, the guy, you know, the guy who drew it with Jeff Johns. Um, oh, right, 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 right. I can't remember his name. Uh, from Justice League. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, no, no. Um, JLA. Yeah. Yes. Right, but... Who's the Jeff Johns artist for his huge arc? Scott Collins. Scott Collins. It had it's had Scott Collins and and um, Howard Porter for a yes. while. So those those all fit really well. And then uh, did did Jim and did John Domenico? I have to look at it to say it. I'm sorry. John Domenico. Um, and I and when I was putting the script together, I was like I was practicing it. And then when I went to say it on the show, I couldn't do it. And that wasn't because of a brain fart. I just I it's hard. It's a lot of syllables. Anyway, um, they all had a really good energy. And I think going back, energy. <laughs> um, and it just fits the book really well. But right away, when you start reading this book, it looks great. But I've also, you know, I've known Joshua Williamson for a long time. I've known him. I've known his work. And there's just, I've, I've never seen a writer show up on a, on a mainstream project property like this and just fit so perfectly, so instantly, and so, so for so long, consistently. It's yeah. really something. I mean, he's not – he's definitely working in the style of that Jeff Johns arc that is probably the one that he grew up with and is the most, you know, um, influential to him. But it's, right. he's just – he's been perfect for this and he's just been on fire the whole time. Even the parts that weren't like my favorite parts of it, like it was good. Like he, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it, it's right. It's correct for the character. And I, I find that very impressive. Right guy at the I right just- time. I love the way the the lightning sort of drips off of Barry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always kind of like crackling around his his. Uh... I thought we didn't like that. No, I I I my, what I said was if you're gonna have the dumb the dumb lines on the suit, at least make it look like it's alive, which uh-huh. is what they what this art team does. Is you that know, a, not... is that a TV show thing? No. Okay. Um, the TV show actually does a much better job with the costume. I mean, he has some lines, but they're much more subtle as opposed to these weird like. I still don't understand why he's got a little outline on his knee, mm-hmm. um, but like if you look at the the variant cover for seven hundred, like it just that just looks like a guy with dumb yellow lines on his suit. I feel like that's just to indicate like like an athletic kind of suit, like it's where a pad would be or something. I guess like that. I see what they're going. But I, uh, the the way that they have him when he stops and there's lightning sort of dripping off his ears and, and it, mm-hmm. coming off his arm, like it just it it just makes it feel like he's constantly sort of buzzing around, uh, so, which I like. I, I will tell you something about the, I know why they do it. I know why you put Grodd on the cover, but this would have been a lot better if they didn't put Grodd on the cover. I agree. I don't just, think you needed Grodd on the cover. I don't think so. If people who were going to buy it were going to buy it anyway. But I mean, you know, I, I, but also, you know, if, if you weren't going to buy it and you're like, I love Grodd, like you might do that. And it's, it's I just I just don't know. I mean, 
please, if you're out there and you bought this cover comic because of Grodd on the cover, let us know. I just don't know that there's anybody out there who's like, Grodd, and bought the comic that they also, weren't going to buy anyway. You know what, though? I Like, quite honestly, A, that Grodd cover is a really good cover. It's a good cover. It's a really good cover. And, and when I saw it, I got excited to read it. So I can't – but I would have been more excited. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe I'm trading excitement up front for excitement at the end. Right. You know? And, and, and if you're selling comics, you need to you need to put as much excitement on the front as you can. So, fine. I am patient, is what I'm saying. So, if you are a Flash person and you haven't read this comic or you had fallen off, this is a good jumping back on point, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is uh, this is a great team on the Flash. <laughs> it's nice to see it being so successful. Yep. But I'm also time. saying, if uh, the day comes when they need to switch things up, you get some Mateo Scalero in there in the Flash. Boy, that's not that's not nothing. Uh, quick break to tell you how to support iFanboy. Go to patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's one of the main ways you can help. That's where you can go and you can uh, give a little bit of money. You can get uh, involved in voting on the patron pick. You can get a dumb superpower. You can uh, hang out in our monthly hangouts. We just did our last one last week in which Josh went through one of his long boxes in his murder basement. Um, it was a fun Again, time. just a regular basement. <laughs> it's unfinished and it has boxes in it. It's a fun time, and if you want to help us out, that's a great way to do so. Also, ifanboy.threadless.com is where we have our T-shirts. We have six shirts, the Pick of the Week podcast, the ratings, the If One is Electro, and our brand new shirt, uh, the GDAT, that go along with our uh, our uh, iFanboy logo shirt and our Herm shirts. So you can check those out. We've got another design coming soon. We're working on it right now. We'll hopefully be releasing that to you in the coming months. But check out those designs. You don't have to get them on T-shirts. You can get them on almost anything that Threadless offers, from mugs to uh, shower curtains. So check that out at fanboy.threadless.com. Also, fanboy.com slash support. That's where you can uh, help us out uh, directly. If you want to donate via PayPal, you don't want to become a member of Patreon, which is totally understandable. You don't. You just have a couple bucks to give away once and not every month. You can go to do it there. And that helps us keep the lights on. We are in the process of upgrading a bunch of stuff, including our, uh, our podcast server. So that's going to all go to helping that out. Um, and we appreciate it. Everyone does it. Also, we've got a new page at fanboy.com slash Amazon. That is where you can find all the books we've talked about on our various books blows, as well as all of the old books of the month. Um, and also there's a, there's a general uh, Amazon link there. So ifanboy.com slash Amazon is also another great way to help out uh, if you want to help out iFanboy. And thank you everybody who does those things. Definitely. And we have not talked about this book in forever. Yeah, I actually hadn't read the last few issues. I think I sort of dropped off and, and I decided I'm just going to read this one. Because uh, mm-hmm. I have to pick of the week, and I should give it a shot. And I and I think I finally realized what it is I like about the book, which is going to come to no surprise to anybody who's listening to this. Um, but the the more it's about the people and their interesting relationships and their stuff. It what also, book is it? I'm sorry, <laughs> Sex Criminals number twenty one. I think the more people would really like to know what book you're talking about. Listen, uh, clearly. Uh, I'm having an issue today. I didn't know you'd been reading this all along. I, I remember I dropped off it pretty early. I think Rana dropped off it pretty early. I dropped off uh, like like in the last year, but I, I think I would read it like sporadically when, when I when I saw it. So I, I just thought I'd, like there's a thing about it I like, and it's not the dicks um, mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, I, I, I you're not against the dicks. No, I really. I, I mean, I like the fact that it's dealing with you know a, a lot of these issues in a way that is pretty frank while not really exploitative and kind of interesting in, in real world. And, and I go back and forth between thinking it's it's sort of a gimmick and and not. Um, but I, I think generally it's a good thing. So anyway, the, the point is like the, the, the more they are 
dealing with the relationship, the relationships of the actual people in here, the more interested I in it. The more they get into the magic orgasm zone bank robbing thing with the sex police and everything, I don't care about that. That's still happening. Well, so like I said, I, I think I've missed a few issues in here, and and the 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 main couple, those people have broken up with each other, mm-hmm. um, and this is sort of their life after the fact, um, and. I'll, this is your spoiler like like they both end up at the same party and it's supposed to be a fancy dress party meaning everybody would be dressed up and they both are the only people there who mistake the fact that they weren't supposed to wear a costume because i believe it's on halloween and they're both dressed like freddie mercury with the yellow jacket and the shorts well because you know uh generally a fancy dress means costume party yeah I, I, that's i think that's the joke uh but i don't really know about social conventions enough to be able to follow that uh, you think that as a as an Anglophile, you would know this. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't pay attention to that episode of Peep Show so much. <laughs> um, Peep Show is like the best show if you've never watched it. It's 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 my favorite modern British sitcom by far. Um, well, I don't want to get into it. Um, so this no was this was this was largely about their sort of post relationship world and some of the other characters, and it's very person-centric it wasn't you know about crazy sex weirdo magic so is this as close as you're going to get to sort of a slice of life relationship book that you're looking for it's what it feels like yeah i I like a lot of those um this is pretty good and i I, you know i really like chip sadarsky's work on it i think it fits really well um it's not it's not a a matt fraction who needs to be impressive it's a matt fraction who's trying to tell a story and there's a big difference in those two people but they both exist um Luke Cage, 169. Wanted to check in on this. I think we were a little hard on it at the beginning of its sort of revamp after they'd left uh, Iron Fist behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, it's going to get canceled and it ends soon. But I thought this was probably the strongest issue of the reboot. Um, yes. This arc is the best arc, and this issue was the best issue of this arc. And because uh, it, it, I'm not going to lie, it had a lot of moments that were completely cliche where he talked about putting boot to ass. And that pleases me every time it happens. Well, first of all, I think uh, Guillermo Sana is terrific, the yes. artist. And yep. one of the problems I had originally was that the art was really flat and uninspiring. This has actually got personality and it's got spark, interesting page uh, page layouts. It's, this is I really like looking at this book. Yeah. But the, Luke Cage's voice was much stronger here, which is always the puzzling thing. I can't imagine that David Walker didn't get notes about toning down Luke's blackness after the last – series really because uh, he had such a distinctly urban voice in the yeah. f- last series and then he, and then for most of this he could have been anybody talking yeah um and then here he gets it back a little bit once the fight happens but and, the, uh, and it's fun it's like yeah. you know to to hear him sort of use colloquialisms that sort of sound like him and and which we'd gotten to know and he's got this it's funny because you know originally we started as a sort of black exploitation character and here he's got this world weariness you know indicating an older character who's been through it and doesn't have time for any of this anymore like he's just tired of it uh but you know when he does those sort of big moments where he'll use what is basically a catchphrase about kicking people's asses it's fun it just makes it fun and uh he's a great character he's really one of the best characters in marvel Mm -hmm. um it's a bummer the book's getting canceled but uh you know and and we can we can thank brian bendis really for that because he's the one who brought him back to the fold yeah. Uh, to know, the slowly. Yeah. Also, the cover for the next one looks great because he has, uh, he's like a knight with shining armor, and there's some orcs or something like that. Well, he's telling his daughter a bedtime story, and I suppose he'll be the hero of it. Cool. That'll so you'll cool. be into that. Maybe that'll be on your week, and you'll, you'll 
you'll have dad tears and you'll pick Maybe. it. It's a good issue. Um, I hadn't written off the book and I, I just wanted to make sure that if, if yep. it's still around, you should still read it. Somebody asked us lately, uh, a couple weeks ago, if you were reading Hellblazer. And I, I said, am. I thought you were still reading I'm, Hellblazer. I'm reading The Hellblazer. That's the right. official name. Uh, this is actually, we're getting to the point where we're on The Hellblazer 18, and we really are getting back to the point where it feels like the old book, slightly. There's no swearing in it. It's a little... It's not Vertigo, though, right? It's not Vertigo. It's still DCU, but basically the, the main difference is that they they replace the swear with, like, little symbols, you know, like the little mm-hmm. Satan symbols. Comic symbols. Combo, yeah. Comic swearing. Yeah. You know, the art... Feels sort of like it. I don't know if this writer, um, Richard Kadri, is is British, but it feels authentic. There was a little while where I think I had Tim Seeley writing it, and and the British was off. I was like, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound right. And I I, just, I think you have to have a British person on this, unless somebody is an amazing mimic of sort of that very specific uh, dialect. I guess. Um, right. It's you know it's kind of it's it's like it's like it would be an okay arc from the old series. That's what this is. You know, right. so well, that's it's, good. I mean, that's better than an okay did, arc from the old series is better than a good arc from the new one, I guess. Yeah, it, it's really the case. Like, it, it doesn't feel like they're trying to do a different version of this guy. It feels like the guy. And, and I'm going to take that for now. So, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps 37, not written by Mark Wade and Al Ewing and Jim Zub, uh, written by Robert Venditti. Oh, <laughs> much like. Apparently, I did not finish the script. Much like uh, Flash, this is a great, great jumping on point if you're interested at all in the Green Lanterns. This, this, as I mentioned before, this is the book, uh, as opposed to the Green Lanterns book, which features Simon and Jessica, the new Green Lanterns. This is the book that features Hal and John Stewart and Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner. So the, your old school classic Green Lanterns all together in a team. And as many readers know, I love when they do the villain swap. So here they're face off against Zod and his family. So you get... Hal Jordan and them up against the Superman villains, which is fun because they're completely outmatched. But also, did you read Action this week, Josh? I did, of course. This ties into that story because here uh, they the, the Green Lanterns stumble upon Zod and his family colonizing that planet from the Action Comics, uh, from this week's Action Comics, in which in the future they, they're running it. Uh, this is where they, they find them basically starting to build on it, like at the very beginning. Um, so it was a nice little tie-in between the two books. So I guess you could infer they will be unsuccessful in stopping Zod because in action comics they have a whole planet empire. But uh, great jumping on point, fun action. A lot of a lot of the Greenlanders getting their asses handed to them by four Kryptonians. Um, this is a this is a really terrific book, and I love these characters, and they're really fun together because they've got so much history together. And now the Guardians are back in charge, so there's a lot of tension there because no one trusts them. Um, this is a nice little reset in the same way that Flash was. So if you're interested at all in Green Lantern or Flash, this is the week to, to check those books out. Yeah, uh, that does sound fun. And I also still like action comics. That that book's wacky. No, this was a great issue, and I think this was a nice tie-in. You might want to read this one because it's, 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 right. it's, it's, oh, shit, wow, they, I guess, Hal failed. Um, nice. But this week, the patrons picked the book for us to read on the show, and uh, this was a fun little voting week because the book that was in the lead – so basically, for the people who don't know who aren't patrons, we open up voting on Wednesday so people can actually read their books before they vote. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday is voting because we record on Friday. And all day Wednesday, the the lead was held by Legion number one. We woke up for Thursday morning and Marvel 2 and 1 number two was the pick uh, from uh, Chip Zdarsky and Jim Chong. Now, there's lots of reasons why I would have read this anyway. Um, Marvel 2 and 1 number one, I think, was Matt Rosenberg. I might be wrong, but I really I liked it. I don't remember what oh, it was. I think it was Chip Zdarsky, wasn't it? I I don't know. 
Because this is the first part of this story, isn't it? No, this is the second part. What am I thinking? You're thinking of a different book. Huh. Well, maybe they're, I, they're relaunching a bunch of those. Maybe I didn't read that. But either way, I hadn't decided on Chip Zdarsky. His stuff is usually in the, the wacky, funny area, and it's not really my thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought this was a very good script. I really uh, I enjoyed reading it. I didn't get a lot of that. But who cares about any of that? Jim Chong. I thought this was terrific. Yes. Uh, I, I think I had planned on reading the first issue because of Jim Chung, and then it happened during the break, and I just missed it. Um, but and I didn't read it specifically because I think part of the fun of the patron pick is if they tell me to read a book in the middle, I'll check it out in the middle and see how it goes. So right. without having read the first issue, in which I guess uh, Ben Grimm discovers this message from Reed Richards saying, hey, you should go find this device because it will help you keep being explorers even though I'm dead. Uh, he tells – Johnny a lie because Johnny's all depressed and says, actually, Ben and Sue and the kids are still alive and this device will help us find them. So he, he enlists Johnny in this adventure and fall under false pretenses to find this device. Um, and uh, so here it's just the two of them going to Monster Island from Fantastic Four number one to find this device because that's what they think it is. They think the clues point there. Dr. Doom shows up to help them and uh, they end up having a giant monster fight until they realize the actual device is hidden somewhere else. And it was – I thought – this was a very un-Zadarsky-esque yeah. script. Um, there was a couple of moments where it got a little bit like uh, cringy, but um, I thought he did a really great job with the dramatic and sad moments because he's basically Ben Grimm is holding a lot on his shoulders, on his very, very rocky shoulders right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the flashback story uh, to him and Reed in college that that ended up solving the mystery and. He, you know, his doom was fun. I thought this was just a terrific issue, art aside, which, of course, Jim Chung is one of the best artists who doesn't work very much. Well, like, that's the thing is that I saw I didn't read that first issue, but I completely like I knew everything that was going on. I completely understood it. Like, I wasn't lost at all. It was it was it was explained to me. I was able to pick up from number two. There's definitely a I miss these characters. Totally. We, I, I was like, they're mentioning the Fantastic Four. They're putting Ben Grimm and 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 Johnny Storm together, and that's that's fantastic. This is, you know, like this is a really good thing, and it it looks great. And uh, if I had any complaint, it would be that the Doom as written here is not really the same. Uh, no, as the Doom that has been in Iron Man, it was, it was like he was more like his old self. He was a little more like he was, you know, insulting Reed. Uh, right and that kind of thing where where that the newer version of that doesn't seem to do that as much i would want i would think i mean just miss me making excuses i think i feel like even new new doom would still insult reed i and i i thought about that but because he's still so jealous of his intellect maybe but yeah. that's just me uh, uh rationalizing i'm downloading the procedure right now as we talk i mean yeah, I, I already did uh you're right this had me really i was actually really excited after i read this i loved the art, I love the story, I love these, I love the characters. I love when Ben Graham is written really well. Um, I, I just hope the the Disney Fox deal means we can get the Fantastic Four back in some real way at Marvel. It's and, they, and they give them a and give them a great creative team. Uh, you know, because I, I you know Hick, when Hickman did it, I, I read the whole that, that run was tr- was great. I read all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I love the Fantastic Four when they're done really well and. Uh, that they feel the most like Marvel, them and Spider-Man. When I read those comics, I feel like I'm reading Marvel, and uh, uh, I love this issue. I'm, I'm really happy they picked it because I wasn't yeah. going to read it. Cause I missed the first one. I would have. Uh, I actually figured out what it was. Uh, there was a Tales of Suspense that came out. Uh, uh, it was actually in October uh, with the Hawkeye and Winter Soldier. 
uh, was written by Matt Rosenberg. And I think I thought this was the next one of that because the trade dress is really similar and it's, you know, putting people right. in together. That's a great cover in the first one. I yep. just, I'm looking at it now. I'm going to read this as soon as the show's over. Uh, but uh, thank you, patrons. Good job. I uh, agree. I'm really happy to read this. Ratings. 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 I'm going to give it a 4.5. I don't want to split it because I might go 4.25, so I'm also going to go 4.5. All right. And sticking with it. Yes. I'm going to finish the arc. I think Chung's only doing the first arc, as he always does. Um, you know, take what you can get. We'll see what the next the next artist brings. As long as he's not ter- or he or she is not terrible, I'll probably stick with it, because I did like the way Zdarsky wrote these characters. So. Yeah. I mean, I only made it about four or five issues on Spectacular Spider-Man, so there's a possibility I'll get something will happen. But for the now, I'm sticking with this. This, this was super There's going to be some shit going down when Johnny finds out. Just saying. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, as we mentioned earlier, if you're a patron over patreon.com slash ifanboy and you give at the $5 level, uh, you get to your very own patron superpower, which we would bespo- dis- uh, bestow upon you. Can you tell this is the first time I've talked today? Yep. Uh, bestow upon you uh, on this very show live. So uh, let's thank a couple of patrons. Well, uh, I mean, the first one uh, is, is our friend uh, Brian Moody, who everybody who's our patron is our friend, obviously. Yes. Um, <laughs> And uh, if he touches a dish, it becomes clean. Oh, that's awesome. Tap. I don't, do we have to wash those? I got this, says Brian. In a giant word balloon? Yep. Oh, man. Listen, I'm that's not going to fight it anymore. Uh, it is the zeitgeist. I got this. <laughs> it's fine. That would mitigate a lot of problems in my house. Wow. We don't yeah. get personal a lot here. Well, <laughs> you don't, but... I just really need a dishwasher, and I have no room for one. So. I have a dishwasher, and I'm actually the whatever the uh, the 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 sort of frugal New Englander inside me. I kind of hate using it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we should just wash it. And it's funny because my mom comes over; she does the dishes like right, the regular hand. way, passive aggressively. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm. I might be projecting, but I feel because you know. Well, we. But never you can feel it. the waves emanating from her. I. She won't put stuff in the dishwasher. I tell myself that, like, it's a meditative thing, but I would just really love to have a dishwasher. Anyway, yeah. Tony Norgard. Um, Good name. You know how, like, people say, like, Josh, like, go to your happy place? Uh-huh. <gasps> Tony can actually go to his happy place. Oh, wow. He can just blink to it. Like, if things are going badly, he's stressed out. Wherever, his ha- wherever Tony's happy place is, maybe it's Iceland. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, Norgard could be, could be Norway. Uh, but he goes to his happy place just for a little while until he feels better. And then he blinks back. Huh. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. It may even be a, a, a magical fantasy land. Who knows? It's all up to Tony, whatever his happy place is. Oh, so wait, he's controlling the happy place? He doesn't bring you it's, to it's, your it's, happy place. It's, it's whatever his happy place is. Oh, okay. Like when he's feeling stressed and needs to go to his happy place, all, you know, the rest of us sit there and try to pretend like we're not huh. in the dumb meeting. He just actually blinks away, which could be problematic because sure. he could be in a really you know, important meeting with the CEO of his company and suddenly he's gone. It's a reflex. Yeah. He can't control it. Meanwhile, he ends up in a strip club in the city of industry. <laughs> <laughs> the key to jokes is specificity. Right. Zach. <laughs> Let's think Zach. Keith Amaral. No, no. You got to think Zach. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Keith, hold on. It's coming. Uh, Zach Lawing. Um, 
when when Z- when Zach is around an electronic device, uh, it never hangs. It never does spinny beach ball. It never freezes. It operates optimally and coolly as it's supposed to. So this isn't about like um, power. It's about performance. Yeah, and or for I mean, there might be whatever it is that causes things to hang up. It's trying to run too many processes or whatever. Yeah. You know, he he makes sure that all the pathways are clear. It's not it's something he's doing voluntarily. It's it's something that he exudes. <laughs> He just emanates it. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he's a delight to sit next to in the office. Which is, that would have been great for me yesterday because I had Spinny Beach Ball for a second. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. You don't know where that's going to go. Because that happened before and it ended up with me at the Apple store like, having to buy a new computer. Um, so I would like to have him around. Yeah. My, so. my, uh, I, I might be staring at my 2009 iMac as we discuss this. <laughs> thinking like, this, how, long, how much longer can this go on? Yeah, we all we, just just a matter of time. It's got the built-in uh, switch that makes it go. Boom. I, you know, I, like I, it's nine years old. I can't. What's funny is that like I this, this just again we'll get personal. Uh, when I bought this, I remember very strongly uh, former iFanboy host Ron Richards saying that I should not do that. <laughs> and it's been nine years. I mean, like we did we did the bulk of our later video shows were done on this this machine. You know, like wow. It's done. It's it's been around a long time, and it's like if it died today, I would have I would have no cause for complaint. But still going, I you. still going. I, before maybe, we move on to maybe Zach is back there. Before we move on to he could be he could be under your desk, Keith. I want to thank Chris Lewis who maintains our spreadsheet because this morning as I was waiting to do the show, I was thinking of superpowers and I thought of two, and I was like, these are great. And then I looked on the spreadsheet, and they were both on there. Um, had you done them or had we done them? One was me. One was Ron, okay. and then. Also, if I had done that last week, I would not have duplicated one. One of my powers last week was a duplicate. So uh, thank you, Chris, for maintaining that spreadsheet. Also, if a duplicate power happens, you just team up with your buddy. That's all. Yeah. That's and the, the, the other thing the, for me, like I thought of it about a second and a half before I said it. So I didn't have a chance to check the spreadsheet, but <laughs> there we are. All right. Keith Amaral. Um, so I don't know if this happens to you, Josh. You live in a cold and desolate place. but uh, Yes, I do. I will often have like a hot tea or um, hot chocolate. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'll have a hot drink, you know, in the wintertime. And I'm a, I'm a big tea drinker. And, uh, you know, you if you nurse it after about 20 minutes, it's it's lukewarm. And then you have to either just live with it or you have to add more hot water and then your whole flavor ratio goes out of whack. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. Keith's hot drinks always stay hot. You know they make cups for that. Yeah, but Keith. I'm just basically talking that. to you. I know I, I get it. Keith is good for that. Does that is it up and down the temperature scale, or is it only? It just stays at peak hotness. Oh. He's not warming it. He's not actively making it hotter. It just Wait. much much like your peak performance computer. Uh-huh. Keith's hot drinks stay at peak hotness. It's only hot though. It doesn't work yeah. the other way. No, only hot. So his. His margaritas will continue to warm. His margaritas will 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 the, the ice will melt and it will it'll water uh-huh. down, but but not his coffee. Mm-hmm. His coffee always stays peak. If the if the waitress comes by and says warm it up for you, honey, he says no thanks. It's warm. It's always warm. And then she goes, huh? And he goes, don't worry about it. It'd take too long to explain. This is two guys, and then it would it would be a whole thing, and then she wouldn't you know she'd like there's a weird guy in table six, and then it would be the cops, and it would be a strange situation for Keith. But his key his his drink stays. Always peak hotness. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go. If you give it a $5 or higher level, you get your very own superpower. 
So I have a cup that I use to put, I put my coffee in, and it mm-hmm. keeps that warm because I'm a very slow coffee drinker. However, if you do that with tea, it stays so hot that you can never drink it. I have a, I have one of those Yetis that I use for cold water. Uh huh. Um, I've never used it for hot liquid. Try it. I suppose it would work the same you way. Try it. You should try it. I. Well, I think part of the fun of the hot drink is holding it in your hands, and the heat keeps you warm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, this is I've too. Be- I've become quite a coffee drinker, largely to the fact that it is cold and desolate here, and I'm not as fat as I used to be, so I'm freezing all the time. And you have two kids. You don't, don't sleep. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't affect me anymore. Basically, oh, when the I was caffeine? About, yeah. Wow, your ba- body. Broke oh no, I'm I'm at, I'm at three or four a day now. So basically, when I was about 36 or 37, I started drinking alcohol and I started drinking coffee, and I got addicted to the right one. Given, so you, however, you, mean, like, I, you may have noticed before, I've really gotten into margaritas lately. Um, so wait, hold on. Have you moved on to like espressos or like super strong coffees? No, just regular coffee, but it's more of it. A regular, and it's not because of it's not because of like like I need the caffeine to wake up or whatever. I just really enjoy it. And what does the tequila do for you? Um, yeah, the problem is that I really like margaritas, but I can't really drink them for like, so if I were to go out to a restaurant and be like, I will have a margarita with that, um, mm-hmm. I can drink it. And then somewhere middle way through there, it will hit me and I'll be like, oh, I have to stop now. I can't have another one. And we're going to have to wait here for some time. Oh, wow. All right. Well, we would have done an email. We took a nice little journey into Josh's, uh, current, uh, beverage scenarios, which was fun for me. Yeah. It's really, and as we said at the top of the show. It's all about fun. Yeah. So uh, if you want to email us at contact at ifanboy.com next week, we get you on the show. Um, so this week we released Booksplode, and our newest Booksplode episode. The Booksplodes and the Talksplodes were, were, were unlocked by the patrons. We reviewed Iceman Volume 1 Thawing Out, the first edition of the Cena Gray series that was recently canceled. We talked about uh, one of the issues on with Ryan Haupt, and we, so we, Josh and I decided to go back and read the first volume, and we talked about that. For about 20 minutes on, on the book's load. It was an interesting discussion, interesting book. So yes. check that out in the feed behind this one. Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's definitely, we both think it's worth reading. Yes. Um, we have a Talksplode coming up. I owe you a Talksplode for December. Uh, those of you who are, like the three of you are like, this is not what I signed up for. This is bullshit. Um, I'm bringing in a ringer. Uh, later this week, you can expect a conversation with me and uh, artist, writer, uh, everything, Scotty Young. Um, provided all goes well. I suppose it could not show up, but it's going to show up. Uh, and then uh, there'll be another uh, I- in the month of February. Uh, and that is TBD. And then uh, we have a Patreon hangout for patrons. We did one for January. As I said, we went through Josh's Murder with Basement Comics. Uh, we have standard basement. February is coming up. Uh, when will we do it? Soon, probably. I don't know. It could be at any time. We haven't discussed it, but yeah, you've got February to look forward to. And then also in February... Uh, Gotham by Gaslight, the new animated original series movie based on the Mike Mignola uh, drawn uh, one shot is coming out and the, uh, the animated brain trust is very excited to watch and talk about it. So you'll be, look forward to that. That's probably coming in two weeks. So look forward to that soon. Awesome. You can head over to ifanboy.com to find all of our podcasts, video shows and all the articles that we ever did. They're still there, although they are aging rapidly when did i do that oh I, oh that was a long time ago oh my god i had that that happened to me yesterday i was i have a bunch of batmobiles in my office at work and i was looking at them and i was like I was, didn't i write an article about batmobiles and i googled it and i was like yeah i did and i was like holy shit that was that was like 10 years ago yeah Ugh. anything significant we did was at least that long ago <laughs> um actually you know 10 years ago for us was really it was when you and i both went full-time that's yeah, happening this time, month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so a lot of the things that were really milestones for us happened in 2008. When we were 30. Yeah. Yep. 
Ugh. Well, in a, in a little while, it'll be 10 years since we went to Stanley's office and interviewed him and had one of the best days of my life. That was a great day. I still have that photo on my wall in my apartment. Uh, so if you want to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out, you can like uh, facebook.com slash iFanboy or follow at iFanboy on Twitter. Follow us individually uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Jay Flanagan uh, and Connor is at CS Kilpatrick on Instagram. And yeah, look, listen, if you like the show, review it on iTunes. We thank you. But I want to get back into the, the margarita thing. So are you like a frozen margarita guy or are you drinking uh, just, just you know, standard margaritas? Are you a salt or no salt? I'm a salt okay. person. Salt, You're a salt person. Standard. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care so much about the alcohol, but I've, I suspect it will taste different without it. So, what kind of margarita is it? It's like a regular margarita, Cadillac yeah. margarita. Regular. I don't know what that. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I don't right, even know. You, you have to come next time you're in town. Uh, I've been taught how to make margaritas by the margarita master, and I make a really mean margarita. Uh, I'll have to make you one. See what you okay. think of it. Okay. Next, next time you're in town. Also, there's a couple of great places around LA that I go to have great margaritas. Not surprisingly. Anyway. This is this was the show. We talked about comics and also alcohol, apparently. Mm-hmm. So that that happened. Yeah, like you listen to a forty year old man talk about alcohol in in a in a completely cool way, and twenty years later or more than anybody else in the world ever does. So. Listen, we apologize. We skipped an email because of it. These things happen. We'll make it up to you next week. They're ready for next week. You don't even have to do the script. That's true. I'll just copy and paste to the next script. Boom. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Talk to you next time. 